Welcome to the Get Your Right On Podcast, a podcast for aspiring authors who are ready to publish their books. Oh, oh yeah. Each week, we interview authors learning about their publishing journey and giving you tips to get your books published the right way. Now, here's your host, Shante Williams. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Get Your Right On podcast. I'm Shante Williams, your host and also owner of Relentless Publishing House. Here at the Get Your Right On podcast, I have the opportunity to interview authors from all over, learning more about them, their author journey, and the books that they write and publish. And today, you guys, we have book coach, author, editor extraordinaire, Tamika. And I'm so excited to have Tamika um, with us on this evening. I'm going to read just a little bit of her bio. Listen, you guys, she's been in the industry for a very long time. So if you don't know Tamika, I don't know where you've been. You've just been sleeping. What's going on? So listen, as a book coach, Tamika's mission is to empower others to share their story with the world, equipped with accountability, self-awareness, and guided instruction. Over the last eight years, Tamika has helped more than 200 men, women, and children tell their stories, producing best-selling and award-winning books worldwide. For five years, Tamika serves as a lecturer at the University of South Carolina, Columbia campus, where her debut novel, The Plus Factor, was used as a required text in the Department of Women and Gender Studies. She has served as an expert in the areas of domestic and sexual violence for numerous NBC, Fox, and CBS affiliate. She is a native of South Carolina. She currently resides in Las Vegas, Nevada, where she continues to work with aspiring individuals who want to share their stories with the world. So you guys help me welcome Tamika to the Get Your Ride On podcast. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for having me. I love that intro. I'm just like, okay, I'm over here like, yes. <laughs> thank you so much. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Listen, it's been a minute since we've actually like seen each other yes. and talked. Um, we, we chat every now and then in the inbox and it's just, it's always a, um, a honor to talk to colleagues, you know, yeah. in the industry. And you know what, the, what I really love is talking and connecting and there's not competition. Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. That is like literally speaking my language. I so totally believe that. And I'm happy to see that in the author space. Like I know in other industries, Shantae, like there are people that compete with each other, but I don't see that often in a book publishing space. And so I'm really happy about that. I love the fact that there's a collaborative spirit, I believe, across the board. Um, even if you and I do the same thing or me and her or he and him do the same thing, it doesn't matter. We're all there for the collective purpose of helping people release their stories into the world. So I so love that you said that. Yes, I do. And I, and I really appreciate that um, because, you know, Unlike other industry, and there and there are some in ours. However, I've I think we have been around long enough to where we haven't had to encounter that. Yeah, and I'm thankful. Um, I'm really really thankful because one thing my business coach always tells us: there's a gazillion people in the world. That's right. <laughs> you know, there's enough people in this world for us all to be billionaires. So we ain't got to be fighting over the same people. You know, I. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then, you know, we see all the time on social media, you know, the posts that say, oh, there's 
um, Sarah Lee, and then there's Sunbeam, and then there's this type of bread and that type of bread. And I may make sliced bread, you make hamburger buns, but guess what? We're all in the bread industry. Everybody has their own audience. Like it's the same thing. Um, We all have our particular audience that we're, that's called, that we're called to serve and that's called to be connected to us. And it doesn't mean that you and I have to compete with one another in order for those people to come our way. So, you know, again, I I just love that we're starting this conversation like this with you and I both being in the same industry. It's just absolutely amazing. So, again, thank you for just orchestrating this conversation on tonight. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Yes. Listen, it is because and I think I think we I think sometimes we forget and especially Mm -hmm. um, as women. And then I'm just going to go ahead and say women of color. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to be so catty in comparison and we ain't got to be the mean girl. No. You know what I'm saying? We can we we can be competitors and still be cordial. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to talk you down and post subliminal messages. And mm-hmm. I don't know who she thinks she is. She done moved in that. Who, who got time for that? <laughs> I don't know. But I'm going to tell you who don't have time to hear it. I don't. <laughs> I Because exactly. I tell you something, you know, when you put so many time in the industry like you and I, you know, I've been doing this for almost 10 years. And so it's you just you see the cycles, you know what I mean? You see the cycles, you see the newbies come on, you see the vets kind yes. of moving and shifting into some other arenas. But um, I'm just grateful to be here. It's always truly an honor to help someone bring their books and release their stories to the world. I, I just love this so much. I love it so much. So let me ask you this. What got you into the industry? Oh, that's such a great question. So, you know, I published my first book, September 2011, and I really had no desire to be in the industry. Like, let me just be honest. I had no desire to be in book publishing. (laughs) She's like me, girl with kindred spirits. Okay, you feel me? Um, So we had. I had no desire to be in the industry. All I wanted to do, my first book was about my story of overcoming domestic violence. That's all I wanted to do was tell my story, was to talk about how victims in the faith community are often impacted, but also often silenced within the religious institutions. That's all I wanted to do was just share my story. I had no desire to do any editing, coaching, publishing services, any of that. And I just so happened to be speaking at a women's brunch in November, 2013, for then Tamara Kanzader, she's Tamara Govan now. And she invited me to talk about entrepreneurship. I didn't have no business. I did not have no business. <laughs> I'm a business. And she was like, oh, but I know you can do it. And she was on me and on me. And I said, finally, I agree. But that was that was the beginning of Ink Pendiva because I was in a room with women from all over the state of South Carolina. And they were all shocked that I was there to talk about entrepreneurship and not talk about book publishing. And I was like, but y'all, I've only written one book. It's only two years old at this point. I hadn't really done anything else with it. It was just me telling my story. But I just asked the question. I said, well, if I were to offer something for, you know, in the way of helping people publish their stories, who would be interested? And every woman's hand went up in that room. Wow. And that I just kind of sat back and looked and I said, oh, okay, God. And uh, so I left there that day. And that was really my true beginning that 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 seed had been planted, that there was an opportunity for me here. And I just kind of ran with it. And that was really it. Like, wow. You know, the clouds in the sky didn't open up, you know, (laughs) no spidey senses was tingling. I was in a room with women who said that they had an interest and I just took that and ran with it. 
Oh, wow. And that's how Ink Pink, Pink Ink Pen Diva started. That's exactly how it started right there in that room. I don't, the restaurant's not even in Columbia anymore. Like that's how long ago that was. It was in Harbison. I was some sort of a uh, bubble tea or something like that. It's mm -hmm. not even there anymore. Um, but I, I, you know, I think for me that day, it wasn't necessarily about the presentation. Mm -hmm. I think that was just God's way of orchestrating that I needed to know that there was a need here in this community and he had properly positioned me to speak at a women's brunch that ultimately led to me starting a business. And here I am nine years later. That's that's amazing. That is some like who goes to a brunch and comes out with a whole business. Honey, I don't know. <laughs> I guess me. But uh, but yeah, it was it was so. And even then, when I left that day, I was like, so what am I really supposed to do with this? Like, so I started praying about it. And literally like two and a half, three, three weeks later, I had a whole program laid out. And God just, we just orchestrated. We worked like that. I had a whole program laid out and it just, um, and that was it. And the rest is just history, as they say. The rest is really history. Like, I, I don't know. I, I was really, really blessed that they, this right time, right season, just God orchestrated my steps and that was it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Listen, you guys, let me put this in here. Stop downplaying opportunities. Yes. Right. Just think about if she had never pushed you to speak and yep. you would have said, no, let somebody else do it. Right. Mm -hmm. You would have missed a golden opportunity. And I think sometimes, you know, we think that we're so unqualified to do something. Yes. That yes, we don't yes, even yes. know what's trying to be, you know, set before us to mm -hmm. say, hey, they want you for this, but I'm going to start, you know what I'm saying? But I'm doing That's this. Right. God yeah. is saying the door is opening. It's yeah. not the door that I want, but it's going to be the door that you're going to get. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I love it. I love that story. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I never would have thought that. I know, I know. Like I tell people all the time, you know, how I started was so unorthodox. It just, like the way I started the business, you know, speaking at an event when I wasn't even an entrepreneur, talking about entrepreneurship, that led me to entrepreneurship. Like that's the thing. It it all it really led me to where I was supposed to be. But I never. I mean, and I when I tell you, I never had the desire. I never had the desire, never, ever had the desire to do anything more than just share my story. And then to be honest, I don't even know what I expected to come out of writing the book. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like there's so much information available for us now. You're talking 11 years later for me almost. There's so much more information, so much, so many resources, so many opportunities, as you say, um, that exists now that weren't there back then. I didn't have so many people that I knew that were writing books back then. And, you know, right. so I was kind of flying solo, unsure, but, you know, I, God just had other plans and I, I just literally just walked right into it. And I say that humbly, like not for anything else, just yeah. humbly, like you saying opportunities, because I didn't think that I was prepared. And I am pretty sure that I tried to talk her into getting someone else to do that. <laughs> I am pretty sure that I did. Because, you know, if if something isn't my lane, I'm not trying yes. to step into it. And I was like, well, I don't know the thing about running a business. I loved going to the brunches, though. I was already yes. going. <laughs> they were great. Good speakers every month. And I was like, I don't want to. And she was like, no, it has to be you. And I always, always, always give her, her kudos. And she will forever be a part of my business story because that literally was my true start. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. All right. So you started the program and then did you add book coaching first or did you add editing first? Honey, <laughs> that was strictly, you know what? Can I really call it editing? I was just looking at people's stories. Like, let me, yeah, I was just looking at people's <laughs> stories and I was offering my feedback. I've always been gifted with writing. That's, you know, some people they're gifted at math from a little yes. growing up. I've always been gifted at writing. I've always loved reading. And that was from like, an, as soon as I could talk, my mama said I was all, I found myself in books. So that's always been a part of my nature, but I would just look at their stories and just offer feedback. I don't think I really got serious even with that until probably a year later. Um, because when I launched my first program, it was strictly to help people become better writers. It wasn't even anything about books. Even after I got the idea to start the business, I was like, well, I still can't coach anybody on a book, but I can help people to become a better writer. That's what I did when I first started. Still struggling with the idea of, man, this isn't, I mean, am I really supposed to be doing this? Mm -hmm. And um, so helping them to become a better writer was how I did that. And so Eventually, you know, the editing started and I started getting more um, requests for that. And then I think that's when I, it really hit me that this is definitely a business. This is something that I'm supposed to be doing because the requests became more frequent. Uh, people were coming back multiple times, which is great for business, especially when you're starting out. You know, that's just that validation that you need um, yes. to keep going and to doing things like that. So that that was really it. So it started with the editing, or I would say more critiquing someone's manuscript for, you know, offering that supportive feedback and that constructive feedback as well. That's awesome. <laughs> so what is your funniest story when it comes to editing? Oh, God, my funniest story? I'll say probably my book um, because... <laughs> Yeah, that was funny because I had a, a, a friend of mine. She's a friend now. She was my boss at the time. And she had this infamous red pen. Lord have mercy. You knew that whenever she was pulling her red pen out, that she was going to slice and dice your work. And I was like, I'm working on my first book. Who else can I get to help me? But uh, her name is Camille, but Camille. And I gave her my manuscript. I lost five chapters of it. Whoa. I had to start writing and she had to start that editing all over again. Wow. All over again. I, you know, <laughs> but, I, you know, editing is also the thing that I love to do. You know why? The infamous red pen. <laughs> That's what it is. I don't have a red pen. Now it's like red ink on the computer. Yes, yes. I love that part of the process where we get to go in and make the writing stronger mm -hmm. and we get to go in and make it more polished. Because yes. when someone leaves me, I want them to leave with a product that they can mm -hmm. be proud of. Exactly. And I want them to continually push and promote themselves. And it's hard to do that when you have a book that has been poorly edited. So I yes. take that job very seriously. Um, and so I really, I enjoy that. It's time consuming. So, you know, there is that, but I really right. enjoy helping um, folks come to me one way. And when I see them by the time that we're finished with the process, that they are a completely different person. And even sometimes they start catching their own mistakes. And mm -hmm. that's when I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> the transference of energy. Yes, yes, yes. So so have you ever run into um, pushback from an author that says, I know, but I'm going to keep that. And I'd be oh, like, not with relentless, you ain't. <laughs> All of the time, they are, especially when I'm working on anthologies, 
because they are a much larger project. So the, the schematics of it are different and, you know, keeping it in line with the visionary author's um, vision for it. I can run into challenges for sure with those. And sometimes individual writers as well, because let's face it, people want to say what they want to say. Yes. And I get yes. that, you know, like if you called your mom a particular name, it may not be grammatically correct, but that's what you want. So in those situations, I understand. However, right. I do right. let them know this is not grammatically correct. Right. Um, but if this is what you want to say as the author, that is your choice. Um, so I do get pushback all the time, probably 60% of the time, to be honest with you, because yeah. I'm going to do what I'm going to do and make it to be what it's supposed to be. But if you really want this to be left the way that it is, then I will certainly honor your wishes, because what I don't want is to change your book into sounding like me. Right. You know, right. like that's very important for us to keep the author's voice true to themselves. And so I'm never going to do that part. So I'll give my pushback and give my reasoning. But if they're really adamant about it, then, you know, as the author, it is their project. So I do let them, you know, have the final say with that. Yeah. Well, I, I, well, I have a little different approach. <laughs> now, I, you know, I listen yeah. and I let them get out whatever they want to say. And at uh -huh. the end, I said, now, listen, I understand. However, in order for your book to be, um, readable mm. we can't leave that in there yeah you know it's different when they're when they're talking a dialect from a certain area when it's broken oh, sure. English, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. but you can't write a book the way you talk this ain't yeah. street right you know the street that's people true. ain't buying your book that's part, that part <laughs> is true that part is true and that so i remember um we had an and this is probably this is one of the reasons i don't do anthologies i have one more to do uh -huh. Um, from a former client who's doing her first one, and I, I will do it for her. Because you have the different writers, you have the different personalities, mm -hmm. and people who don't write, and this is their first time writing, yep. and they assume that their writing is perfect and there's nothing you can do to fix it. I was like, now listen. <laughs> I said, if y'all want Relentless name to be on here, yeah, we not gonna do that right there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I realized... Shantae, sometimes how you say stuff because you because your business is such in your heart and you want it to be right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're representing two people. You're representing your brand and you're also representing the author. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, some stuff you're gonna have to let go. Yeah. <laughs> and so I realized I need to let that part of the business go. Oh you know, people who have been formal clients, you know, if they decide to do one and they ask. I will do it for them. But as far as offering the service, I cut it out. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I understand. And I've, I've had to make changes like that, of course, throughout the course of the year. Yeah. Where I'm just like, you know what? This isn't for me. Um, mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that it's not, you know, financially, I'm sure it's very good uh, business move, but it's not for me and for what I want to accomplish. So I believe that when it comes to business, that it really needs to be a win-win for both parties. Like it you got to be comfortable. <laughs> you yeah. got to be comfortable with what you <laughs> offer, and um, you need to get out of it what you need to get out of it as well. And if yeah. you're not going to be happy approaching it with that sort of a mindset, then I think it's just time to just kind of walk away. And you know, it the is. lesson that I'm sure that you and I have both learned in that process is that it really is okay to walk away from something that you don't want. Yes, it is. Play. Listen, yeah. there was a time I would have been scared because I would have thought, yes. oh my gosh, you're losing money. Yep. But you know, I'm in such a different confidence level now. It's like, mm -hmm. nah, I don't want the stress. <laughs> you know, time is money. I don't want to spend yeah. three hours 
going back with you in email, trying to yeah. convince you that I'm right yeah. and you're wrong because yeah. you're not, you're, this is your first time writing it. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah, I realized, you're saying. you know, so I was like, yeah, that's not going to work out for you, Shanta. <laughs> but I liked what you said about confidence though, right? Because once you reach a certain place in business, your confidence level does rise and you realize yes. I may be letting this part of my business go, but man, I'm creating an opportunity and space for something that is going to get me the results that I'm looking for. And exactly. I love that because some that's what it does. You know, like with anything, we have to get rid of the dead weight sometimes. Yeah. We have to do certain shifts. Yeah. And we have to release some things that we've been holding onto our hands. I call them jewels. Like I remember when it came to my story of domestic violence, I always, I held onto it like a jewel. I always say like a jewel in my crown. Like it was something so precious that I could not release it. But mm -hmm. you've got to realize that when it comes to business, especially as we're, you know, so much of the conversation is about scaling now, that you have yes. to let something go. And also you can't rise higher. How can you exactly. rise higher if you're carrying all of this weight connected to you? So yeah, it's such an important lesson that I've had to learn it many, is. many times that I'll let it go. I'll bring it back. I'll let it go. And I'll bring mm -hmm. it back for the same reason that you're talking about mm -hmm. like, <laughs> that's from a business perspective, like money and all of those things. Because the things that you don't want to do is always the big money maker. Yes, it is. <laughs> And you're like, oh man, I do not want, do I really want to let this go? Because this right, right. I was less every month. And then you realize, yes, you have to. Yes. Right? You have to. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean sometimes you have to let go of the good for the great. Yeah. Right. Oh, like, you're I'm glad you said that. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, got good services going on, but there's so much greater that's happening on the other side for us. And sometimes we do have to let the good go. Everything that we let go doesn't have to be bad. And I think it that doesn't. we got to change our mindset so that we understand that because I don't think we understand that. We think, oh man, something must have went wrong. Something mm -hmm. was bad along the journey or whatever. No, it could just mean it was good, but there is something greater on the other side of us. It is, it is. And I pause on, hello to everybody for you who are watching this live stream on Facebook and YouTube. My sister, Yah was like, that's it. Shout out oh, to her. Sister, amazing author of the Hello Me. Listen, shameless plug because that's my sister. If you <laughs> want a self-development book um, for women, you guys go get Hello Me. Hello, me. That is it. That is it. But, you know, um, you said something that was so powerful and it's some it's a lesson that I've learned this year, you know, as I am getting more confident as a woman and as a business owner in this industry, you don't have to do everything in the industry. Yes, Lord. And when I first started, I thought that, you know, if I wasn't offering everything that I saw other publishers doing, then I wasn't in the game. But what I didn't realize is I was stretching myself so thin. It was taking so much of my time yeah. that I was getting frustrated and I realized and I and I and I catch myself if I feel like I'm going to snap, I'd be like, oh, you need to pull all the way back, honey. Something wrong with you. It ain't them, it's you. <laughs> and, you know, I catch myself and I say, OK, yeah. let me delete this email. Let me take a breather and come back and respond differently because it's not their fault. You took on so much work. It's mm -hmm. yours. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with that for sure. I've had the same sort of experience. And I think we do that. And I think that that's us as women, um, because we're so used to wearing so many hats. My goodness, we are a mom, wife, sister, mother, daughter, business owner, co-worker, 
church member, ministry leader. And by the time we get home, we are done, right? The S is on our chest. We got to get rid of that. Even when it comes to our businesses, because we're not operating in that space of ease and flow and grace because we're forcing and trying to do so much. I've had to learn that myself that you cannot, cannot fill in the blank, (laughs) right? Of whatever it is. If there's something else Like even me now with moving to Vegas, I'm like, I've only been here less than a year. If I sit here and try to compile and compile and compile, there is no way I'm going to be any good to anybody, myself included, right? And myself first, because I think that we forget that, especially when we're in business. But that's the greater lesson is you cannot, we can't serve everybody. We can't do everything. And I'm the opposite of you, Shantae. So I wasn't looking and researching at all. I was like, well, if somebody else is doing it, I don't want to know about it because I don't want nobody saying, oh, Tamika's copying. You know how it is. Yes. Copying my work. She's infringing. I did not want that to be said about myself or my business. So in which I realized that from a research perspective, like we're talking about, I was doing my business more harm than good by not seeing what was being offered in the industry and by not looking at standard and things like that across the board, anything new that I was starting to see. I was so focused on serving my clients and moving that way that I think that I really was missing at one point the great the greater lesson in that, which was you need to know what's going on in your industry. Yes. And I was doing that researching, but I wasn't looking at individual people. You know what I mean? So, and that's important. You got to do that. You have to know what's out there, not just when you're starting something, not just when you're launching, but for continual development, you need to know what's going on in your industry. And so I had to learn that lesson the hard way because I realized that I was suffering for that. And to some degree, my clients was as, as well. Yeah, I agree. Every so often I'll do some searches of, you know, publishing houses and to see, okay, what are they offering? How is submission? What are their pricing packages? What what are their packages entail? And I compare them to mine and I'm thinking, okay, is that something I need to add? Or I'm like, oh, they do too much. Mm -mm," You know, but it's it's research and development. (laughs) Yeah, it's research and development. And so, yeah. So I want to shift gears. I want to talk about your new book that's coming out and congratulations on that. You you. say book number Number seven, six, book number six, six. book number number six. six. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. I'm so excited about it. Um, As I told you, my first book was released September 1st, 2011. So you're talking about an 11 year hiatus of me writing anything remotely close to a story like that. And I am so happy, so proud of this work. It is um, one of the things, and, and I'll share this with you, one of the things that I thought is that I only had one story to tell. Mm-hmm. And that was that story of domestic violence. I thought that's all that people would know me for. That's all that I would be connected to. That's all I would ever, anybody would ever want to know, being a survivor of domestic violence, what that life was like. And I could tell that story over and over again, have no problem with it. But as I've been living and especially moving into this entrepreneurship space, I realized that I had a greater story to tell, one that was not connected to pain and trauma, one that was not connected to anything of my past. I've grown so much in the space of entrepreneurship that I don't have to talk about that at all unless someone knows that about me. Um, And I don't I'm not I'm not ashamed of it because. I recognize that being a survivor is a badge of honor and I carry it that way. However, I know that God has given me grace in another area. And so I can tell that story and and share that narrative 
and helping inspire other women who also may have a desire to be in business or to do something for themselves as well. So that's why I'm so excited about it is because it's me coming to that realization that I have another story to tell and to take ownership of that and realize how important it is, especially in this space and time that we're living in. But how helpful it will be for people that will come after me. And that's, you know, what I really want to be connected to my life's work. Listen, I love it. You said something that was so powerful. You said that you only thought you had one story mm-hmm. and, you know, but you realize that you have more than one. And I just want to, I want to pause here and I just want to insert a word of encouragement for any individual has th- that has had something traumatic happen to you. That does not have to define you. Yeah. That does not have to be the only thing that people know you by. That is not the only highlight of your life. There are, you are so much more than that. And I'm not demeaning what that is. I'm not disregarding your feelings or or what, I'm not disregarding any of that. But I want you to know that you're more than that. That you can choose to rise above that and you don't have to discuss it if you don't want to. Like there's a season for everything. And I think sometimes, especially as women, that we can, we can hit stuff and it's already dead. We'll revive it yeah. and then beat it down again. Yeah. Because we think that's the only thing that's going to get us quote unquote spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll create entire movements yes. around our pain, but we never get healed. Honey, let me tell you something. My women's empowerment movement, self-assured woman. When I started that in 2015, it was for the exact same reason that you're talking about. I created a movement around my pain and I didn't even realize it because what I thought that I was doing was creating a space for women who have been flying solo for so long and they were looking for a safe space to land, a true empowerment space where there were any of the issues that we talked about earlier at the beginning of the interview. But I realized that I created that true indeed, but I also, that connected me to my trauma. And it, it and every time I found myself being relatable in that space, it's like it put me back there and I couldn't get my mind to shift out of it. So I had to shut it down and it wasn't, it was great. It was thriving. There were almost 1600 women in there that had been with me since 2015 I had produced an anthology out of that community. I had done conferences, live events out of that community, built an ambassador program out of that community. But I had to come to the realization that this was no longer the messaging that I wanted connected to myself. And that's the thing that we have to learn when it comes to stories and storytelling in our lives is what do you really want to be known for? And what's the mark that you really want to make on this world? Is it really that? Like, I can't believe that God would bring us out of something only for us to constantly and always and only repeat what he brought us out of. Like, there's so much life that happens after it. And I had to learn. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir because I had to say that to myself. Like, I started this book in 2019 pre-pandemic and I did not touch it again until earlier this year because I was like, you know what? I can't. I have to. Right. I have to finish this. I got to put this story out into the world as well. So I'm so excited about it. I, I just I can't wait for everyone to get it. Yes. So tell us what is the title and when does it release? 
So the title is Ink Pen Diva, The Truth Behind My Pen. Yes, The yes. Truth Behind My Pen. And it, it actually releases on the anniversary of my first book, September the 1st. Yes, congratulations. So, so now can we pre-order the book now? Yes, uh -huh, absolutely. Yep, you can awesome. pre-order the book by going to uh, inkpendiva.com. Uh, thank you so much for putting that in there. So you definitely can pre-order the book and um, go ahead. And I'm just so... I, I'm excited. I just, I can't even, I mean, the lessons that I am sharing in there, things that I've never shared publicly before. So you guys are going to be so surprised of the things that I was going through while building a business. And I love it for that reason that I am being so honest about what I went through. Um, because entrepreneurship is great. It's amazing. You know, we're creating legacy and we're doing all the things. But baby, there is so much <laughs> that happens. Like you said, baby, because <laughs> girl, it's like that's me with my readers. I'm like, babe, no, I'm not saying that. But you right. know, that's me. We're 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 pulling up to the table. I'm gonna come in like, baby, listen. When you're dealing with this, or when I was dealing with this, like, <laughs> this is how I got out of it. But then also yeah. you understand like with anything, there are certain situations that you put yourself in because you aren't properly prepared. You know, if you if you and I were looking on social media and we're in business ourselves and we're looking on social media, she got a private jet. He got a private jet. They're on an exclusive island. They're on a stage speaking to 10,000 or millions. They got 50,000 or 100,000 followers. And we're like, man, we're doing something wrong. Right. Because we're not I'm not living this life, you know, entrepreneurship or whatever. And then you realize that so many people just aren't being honest about their journeys. And there's no way I'm not the person to ever share only the highs. I'm never that person. If I've had struggles, if I've had issues, I want you to know that. But to also know that you can get out of it just like I did, that you don't have to repeat the same mistakes that I did, that I am a very real touchable person that's right here in your presence. And I use me as an example, right? Use me as an example, because if I can do it in spite of everything, then you can as well. I, I genuinely believe that. So yeah, we can uh, they can place their pre-orders today. Yes, I love it. So listen, y'all, put us on pause, go to Candiva, <laughs> pre-order, then come back and let us know you pre-ordered. Okay? Exactly. So I, I will I'm, definitely be placing yeah. my, my pre-order. Well, thank today. you so much. I, I appreciate so that. So proud thank you. and happy for you. And I thank, thank you. you so, so much for sharing that. I cannot wait. Um, to read your story and just to see, you know, the, the short time I've been able um, to know you, just to see how, you know, I think we watch each other from the soul. You'd be like, oh, oh man, that's sure. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, listen, there's nothing wrong with celebrating somebody oh, else. Oh, no, no, and no. And I think we need to get out of that. Oh, if I push her, that's going to make me. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You have to be confident enough in what you do and the audience that you serve and, and you know, the services you provide that you celebrating somebody else does not lessen your shine. Let me tell you something. I celebrate any and everybody. I, I <laughs> because yes. I really do want to see everybody win. I don't care if you selling teacups or um, <laughs> makeup, you got photography. Like, I don't care what you're doing. 
I celebrate any and everybody because I want to see us all win. This world is crazy. Yes. <laughs> this world is crazy. crazy and if crazy. we're not pushing and promoting each other, then what are we doing? Like, what are we really doing at the end of the day? So I, I thank you for saying that. And I love it too, because like you said, you and I are in the same exact industry. We're both yeah. helping people publish their stories. Here you are giving me an opportunity to be on your podcast. And you've also given that opportunity to some of my other folks. And I'm so thankful for that because it, you know, if we weren't of a collaborative spirit, you're gonna be like, uh-uh, that's just for my clients only. But you're like, yeah, girl, we'll send them on my way. Here's the link right here. And I was like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's how we get ahead with yes, that sort of attitude is. and mentality. It is. We 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 you gotta be comfortable in knowing that, hey, one thing that I've learned, life teaches me, I don't care how good you are, there's somebody that's better. Yeah. So while you're trying to be all stuffy, right? Listen. Towards the next person, that could be that person could actually teach you something right. that you can, you know what I'm saying? You guys can actually learn from one another instead of, you know. But yeah, so I just I yeah. definitely appreciate you and you know the different authors that you sent to be on the pod. I just have loved interviewing all of your clients. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that because I want to make sure they've been a good representative, you know. And you're not sure, you're like, oh, I don't know. But uh no, so I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you. Well, listen, I did my job. Yes. <laughs> you gotta get them ready, you gotta get them prepared. Cause you know, once you write your book, that's not the end of it. I like that's the beginning of the work. Now you got to market, you got to promote it. And Jay Helene, who you've had on the show in the past, you know, he says all the time that books have no shelf life and they don't like you can't just like me. I've been in book publishing for 11 years. If I wasn't still talking about my first book, people would never even know that I've written that I've written it. Because 11 is. years is a long time span. A Two long, years is a long time span long these time. days. Yeah. So you got to constantly be talking about it. And I'm not always the best at that um, because I'm, you know, I got so focused on my clients that I wasn't really thinking about myself. <laughs> me too. But I realized that being in this author space again is forcing me to do that. And I love mm -hmm. this. Like being a Honey, <laughs> I, I live for this. <laughs> this exactly. is so much fun to me. So, but I'm excited because, but if I would have never, um, you know, started working on this book again, I don't know when I would have been able to do something like mm -hmm. this. You know what I mean? I know so, it. I'm so excited about it. So yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And you know, for those of us that help others do this, for us to be on the other side, it's like, ooh, I gotta do all that. I don't want to do all that. You know, you realize you got to drink your own medicine. Yes. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I'm and I'm like, oh man. So I'm you know, doing my marketing, doing my promoting, and I and I have my a team behind me and shout out to them. I thank y'all so much. And they're pushing, they're promoting, and my family promoting, my son's promoting. And I'm like, but you can't stop because if you stop, then it's like, oh man, I didn't reach my goal today. Didn't meet, you know, make this, reach out to this amount of people. You got your email list, you got your mm -hmm. social media accounts, you got your tech, everything, everything that goes into everything. it and you just can't stop. And I know for some people, it is overwhelming. A lot of times, we don't, you know, we struggle with promoting ourselves. It's much easier for us to promote others, but mm -hmm. um, you got to do it. You know, that's what we push and preach and teach. And so, when it's time for us to eat our own medicine, we definitely have to do it. <laughs> Listen, it's hard. I'd be like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> 
<laughs> so listen to all of your aspiring authors out there. Maybe you have a book that you kind of let it get dusty. I hope that you were taking notes. The easy part was actually the writing. Yeah. You know, because once you got it done, it was done. But your promoting is going to be forever. You know, forever. I just I recently, I think in 2020, I I did a second edition to my first book because okay. it was a woman's devotion. I updated some things. You know, you learn to mature, you realize, oh, that was out of context. I need to go back and fix this. But I did my first book in 2015. So you're talking, you know, five, six years later, um, you know, for me to actually redo it to find the time to redo it, to be honest, you know, but it is something that never dies. It only dies if you allow it to die. Yep. And if you allow it to die, shame on you because there's no way I would invest all of that time, energy, and money into having something and then not telling people about it. But how, but I, I know, and I'm sure you do as well, the number of people, the hundreds of thousands of people that do that every single day, they write a every book. Every single day. They either expect it to magically happen. Yes, or, and they get so upset when family yeah, and friends don't yes, buy them thinking they're not your audience. Honey. I know, I know. And it's, you know, and it's hard, you know, because you do. I was talking to someone last week and, you know, a fellow, a new author, and, and he was like, you know, I've never, I didn't even write thinking about an audience. I, I don't know who my reader is. And I tell authors all the time, I say, y'all, you can't skip that step. You cannot skip that step. You have to know who you're writing the book for. You need to know who you're writing the book to, and you need to know some information about them. Like you, because otherwise, how are you going to market? Who are you marketing to? What marketing messages are you going to create? If you don't know who your audience is, if you don't know who your ideal reader is and that's just and i and i know again that's the work that's the ugly part of the creative process like you you but you have to do that because if you don't if you don't then you're really going to be struggling not only with book sales but with speaking opportunities with teaching opportunities with vending opportunities like everything that comes into it and so that's important so i hope that those that are aspiring authors they really get this because you need to know who your audience is and you need to know that sooner than later don't wait until you write the book is published up Mm -hmm. for sale on amazon or on your website or wherever you're going to have it and you have no idea who your audience is like that's that's so dangerous it is and i'm I'm gonna put this plug and i know it's controversial but you know i'm gonna say it anyway because it's my podcast (laughs) (laughs) your podcast you can say what you want (laughs) right right to my christian writers hear me and hear me clearly your book is not for everybody. It's not. Okay. You're not the Bible. Your work is not the Bible. You have to define your audience. Is it male? Is it female? You have to define the age group. A 18-year-old, you cannot talk to an 18-year-old woman the same way you talk to a 50-year-old woman. That There is a ocean-wide of life experiences. <laughs> yes. They are not relatable. Yeah. The language alone. Yep is different. The vocabulary, right? The tone of voice, the adjectives that you use. <laughs> Everything. This, if you come talking to me like you talk to an agent, I'm going to be like, excuse me, little girl, <laughs> what are you talking to? You know? I'll be like, hold up, listen, Linda. 
that was one of the things when I published my first women's devotional, I didn't know anything about audience. All I know was that I wanted to encourage women. I had a heart to help them and I wanted to know they weren't alone and they weren't the only one suffering. Mm. And then as I got along with the intro, I realized uh, you still got to narrow that down because yeah. every woman ain't going to pick up the book. Number one, just because you're right. right. That's right. That's right. You know, so we, and I think sometimes um, our Christian writers think because it's, christian or it's biblical based that it's for everybody and if the world was just so kind (laughs) (laughs) if it were so kind if it were so kind we would all be new york bestsellers okay (laughs) i agree with you and i you know i i'm the same way and i I teach the same thing and i see um some facebook live comments so thank y'all so much thank you jay uh for your congratulations but I, um, I'm the same way. I say the same thing. Like I'm, you know, I'm a 45 year old woman, right? I'm, I'm close. I'm kissing 50, like 50 is right around the corner. Okay. And I feel good and I'm very happy and excited about that. But I realized 45 year old Tamika, it's much different than 25 year old Tamika. And what I was saying to myself at 25 years old, I'm not saying to myself at 45 years old, because of life, because of experiences, because of challenges, because of things that I've gone through or dealt with or whatever. And I realized, and I tell my clients the same thing, like you just said, like an 18 year old doesn't need the same thing a 50 year old needs from you. Like that, that's two totally different women. And even if you are writing to 50 year olds, every 50 year old doesn't need the same thing from you. So that's how deep it has to get when it comes to audience building is you really got to dig deep into a person and they're like, oh, so what do you mean height and weight? And I say, yeah, but you need to get a little bit deeper than that. Like get into the person's psyche. And I know it's weird, right? It's a weird thing to do, but I always tell people, hey, if you are sitting at a kitchen table and you're talking to someone, who do you see? Exactly. What can you surmise about that person? You know what I mean? And really dig deep into that. Even when it comes to marketing your programs and services, the more you know about your audience and your reader, since we're talking about books, the yes. better off your messaging is going to be in alignment with what they need. You, We have to create products and services and books and businesses that people need <laughs> because mm-hmm. if they don't need it they're not buying it <laughs> and, not your you. power in your business, <laughs> listen, and your staying power in your business is going to be so small and we don't we're not creating businesses so they can fail we're not writing books so they can fail or collect dust on our bookshelves no we're creating these things because we're creating not only lasting legacy for our families but for generations after we are long gone from this earth, our work will be here. And that's, we. it's, it's a big responsibility and a heavy mantle, but it's just that important. And you, if is. you don't do it at this level, it's going to be so hard, difficult for you to do it at another level. It is. And for the person who's like, well, I still don't understand. Let me give you a quick example. <laughs> if you say that you're writing a book for women, right? Mm-hmm. So who is the woman? Is she single? Is she married? Is she widowed? Is she divorced? Does she have children, right? Is she an empty nester? Has she struggled with infertility? Is she a foster mom? Did she adopt children, right? Is she employed? Is she a Fortune 500 CEO? Is she self-employed? Does she run a nonprofit? Is she just a community you know, advocator? Is she a politician? 
Does she work in higher education? Because the vocabulary changes determining, or is she somebody just works at the grocery store or your local fast food restaurant? The vocabulary changes, right? What age group is she, right? What part of the country does she live in? Because it matters, right? What are her hobbies? Why does she buy books? Is it for leisure? Is it for learning, yeah. right? All of that stuff matters. So when we're talking about narrowing your audience down, we're talking about getting it down to the lifestyle that they live. Mm-hmm. Now, we ain't tell you to be no um, stalker now. Right? <laughs> you got to do a little FBI work. <laughs> Don't commit no crimes. Don't this, commit no this broadcast does not recommend. <laughs> no. Don't it. It. But we want you to get in to really understand who are you writing to? What does that person look like? What solution are you providing to them with your book? What value are you adding? What are the benefits of them investing in your book? What is it going to do to their life? Like you have to know that. So that's what we're talking about. So I don't want you to think that we're just being journalized, but that's how specific we need you to get. And you have to get that specific before you write the book. Because if you don't, you will find yourself starting all over again. All over. And when you know who you're writing to, you know where to market. Yep. If you're writing a book for millennials, guess what? They not on Facebook. Mm-hmm. They say Facebook is for old people. <laughs> you know, you got to go to IG. You got to go to TikTok. You know, you just, Facebook ain't it. <laughs> you know, you got to go where they are. So that's what we mean when we say you have to know your audience. All right. So, Tamika, I thank you so much for hanging out with us on the Get to Write On podcast. It has been absolutely amazing. And again, you guys, listen, go to inkpendiva.com and pre-order Tamika's new book. Um, Listen, it releases in September. What's the title of it again? It's Ink Pen Diva, The Truth Behind My Pen. Listen, do not miss it. Like I said, put us on pause. Go pre-order the book, then come back and tell us you did. All right? <laughs> for sure. Thank you so much. And yes, I give you the biggest social media hug, the biggest <laughs> social media shout out ever, <laughs> ever. Uh, so it's, it's thank you so much again for this opportunity. Um, yes, it has know, been a pleasure. Yeah. It has been my pleasure. All right, you guys. So we got a couple announcements for you before we um, get on out of here and let you enjoy the rest of your Friday evening. So if you have been following Relentless, then you know that our journal packaging um, is going to be increasing starting August the 1st. So we want to, we would like for you to get in on this discounted rate. Now we'll still help you come August 1st, but we want you to pay the low rate. So the $500 rate ends July 28th, okay? So you have to submit your deposit and the outline of your um, journal manuscript so that we can get you started. You got six more days to do that. So depending on when you are watching this, it is July 22nd, 2022. It ends July 28th, okay? So you definitely wanna make sure that you take advantage of this, all right? And then you guys, we are hosting our very first relentless book fair saturday november the 5th 2022 in columbia south carolina at the columbia metropolitan convention center this event is absolutely free to the public all right early vendor booth pricing ends august the 1st okay so our author booths are 150 our business booth are 200 after august the 1st it goes up the author booths will be 225 the business booth will be 275 
So we have for our business booth, um, as of today, we have 16 business booths left. So if you are interested, we definitely want to make sure that you get in. Listen, Afterpay is available, y'all, which gives you four installment payments without interest. So you definitely want to make sure that you take advantage of that. And the coolest thing that we are doing at the book fair is that we are hosting an essay contest and we are giving away two cash prizes, a $500 cash prize to a graduating high school senior in the class of 2023 who was graduating from a high school in South Carolina. All right. And an undergraduate student who's going to get a thousand dollar cash reward who is enrolled at a full time university or college. Again, it has to be in South Carolina. Why? Because we're in South Carolina. So we want to make sure that we help our South Carolina students. So if you have a high school student that is graduating in 2023. We definitely want you to go to our website, relentlesspublishing.com, click on events and download the essay contest package. The deadline to submit everything is September the 15th. All right, so we want to make sure that you get in by the deadline. We also have three sponsorship levels available. The first one is a book fair friend is $150. The second one is a book lover, which is $350. And the literary sponsor is $500. We only have 12 of those. The literary sponsor benefits... Um, their business name will be listed on back of the book fair bag that each vendor is going to get and attendees, one per family. And you'll also be on the on the bookmark that will go inside of the book fair bag. And you will also be highlighted in the book fair newsletter. So we have a newsletter that is strictly for the book fair. All updates that we send out to the book fair will go to everybody that's on this newsletter. And here is a picture of the book fair bag. I absolutely love it, you guys. That's actually the size of the bag. So as you are shopping with each um, vendor, especially our authors, you have a bag to put all of your books in and you don't have to hold them in your arms. Okay, so I'm so excited um, about that. If you would like to sign up, just to get the newsletter for the book fair, you can go to bit.ly forward slash RPHBF22, all capital letters, and you can get all of the information for um, the book fair. So again, the book fair is going to be Saturday, November the 5th from 10 to 4 at the Columbia Metropolitan Convention Center in Columbia, South Carolina. So far, we have five states represented in the book fair. We got South Carolina, of course, North Carolina, Maryland, um, Virginia, and then Georgia was added on yesterday. So listen, we want you to represent your state or we want you to be a representative of your state. So we definitely invite you to go ahead and sign up so that you can join the book fair. Now, listen, you're trying to say, well, Shantae, why should I join the book fair? I'm so glad you asked. One, for visibility. Two, to network with other authors in your genre, right? You're going to meet more of your target audience at the book fair. You're going to have some collaborations at the book fair. And it's going to be awareness to you as an author. You can host a book signing at the book fair. You can release a book at the book fair. Listen, you can do all of that for a nominal fee. You ain't got to pay for the, the venue space. You don't have to pay for food. All you have is your vendor table, your decorations, and you can host your book signing at the book fair. It's a win-win situation. So I'm excited to showcase authors and to showcase some of our community businesses. It's going to be amazing. It is absolutely going to be amazing. So I hope that you will join us in November, you guys. It's been some years since we've had one in the city and I'm honored 
to be the one to bring it back. So listen, as we get ready to sign off for the Get Your Right On podcast, again, Tamika, thank you so much for joining us. It has been a pleasure to interview you. It's been an even more pleasure to know you. And I'm just so proud of you and to be able to support you as an author. <laughs> listen, if you guys are looking for a good editor, Tamika is your girl. Now listen, let me tell you this. Good editors aren't cheap, so don't be crying. <laughs> listen, and I say this with all respect. Yeah, you can't be cheap trying to publish a book. You're not gonna pay fifty dollars and expect, you know, um, what's the street in New York? People go down shopping, or or is it Hollywood? Um, Fifth Rose Avenue. Fifth Avenue. Listen, oh. you can't have a Tiffany mindset with a Walmart value. I'm gonna need y'all to get y'all dollars together, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you now, <laughs> get your dollars so, together, but it's worth the investment. <laughs> thank you. But before I go, I do want to um, first of all thank you for the opportunity and to again wish you congratulations on the book fair. I think that that is absolutely amazing. Um, I love again, like I, I see the postings, I see the new folks that's signing up the some um, volunteers like all of that so congratulations in advance i know that it's going to be absolutely amazing it's not easy to put together anything <laughs> but to put together something of this magnitude um this is um this this is so great so send you all the love from all the way on the other side of the country yes. um but you know columbia is my home so i i represent that as well so um congratulations in advance i know it's going to be great continue to show up in the world and give them people that relentless publishing listen relentless attitude they better get with the program okay <laughs> so but thank you again i appreciate it yes thank you so much tamika so listen you guys as we say it relentless it is never too late to get your right on so join us for season four of the get your right on podcast coming this fall maybe this winter you guys know we normally take a summer break um, but be on the lookout for signups for season four interviews. We love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. And remember, it's never too late to get your right on. Here we are signing off. You guys have a wonderful one. Thanks for joining us this week on the Get Your Right On podcast. Make sure to visit our website at www.relentlesspublishing.com. You can subscribe to our monthly mailing list, check out our publishing packages, and pick up our aspiring author kit, which helps you get the book out of your head and into your hand. Don't forget to tell an aspiring author about our show and kindly leave us a review. Until next time, remember, it's never too late to get your right on.